Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a principal in search of wisdom and I have found productivity to be a great tool for success. Today I have the distinguished honor of interviewing Dawn Harris, who among their specialties, she's an English language arts expert, anti-racism, gifted and talented education, curriculum design, instructional technology. She is a published author and her presence, you know where she's around. I met her at Teach Better and it's a, a proud for me to interview her today. Dawn Harris, who are you? <laughs> Good morning, Dr. Martinez. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, gosh, I'm really excited to be here. It was an honor to meet you at Teach Better and to connect with you there. That was such an extraordinary event. And um, goodness, the people that we were able to meet and connect with, learn from, grow from, talk about wisdom, right? <laughs> that was really exciting. So, was, um, you know, you hit, you hit all of those um roles <laughs> right on the head. I do a lot in my daily work in the classroom. Uh, I also uh, do some things outside of the classroom related to um, my work with uh, Dave Burgess Consulting um, and his group, uh, Shelly Burgess and Beth Huff and the Lead Like a Pirate chat on Saturday mornings. You know, I guess what I could say about myself is I just love education. I want to be involved in any way that I can. I really enjoy working with uh, teachers outside of the classroom, helping them along in their professional growth journey. So I do spend time in my district and outside of my district um, guiding teachers through uh, continued professional growth and development. So that is one of the favorite parts of my job, in addition to working with my awesome students every day. Wow. The first question I have to ask you is this. Uh... What would you answer to a fresh out of college uh, teacher, at least I was like this, who, who is thinking about their first class and their f maybe five or six classes they had to teach and they see you that you are doing all of this, they will probably ask you, why do you do this? What would you Ooh, respond? Why? What a great question, right? We're always contemplating our why. Um, and I think for me, the go-to answer is always, you know, the kids, right? As educators, we get into this profession because, um, you know, we see the students out there and the potential that they have to grow into these extraordinary citizens. Um, but I think more importantly, as educators, what we think about uh, in terms of our why that is connected to our students is the impact the collective impact that we have on the future. And I share a lot of times when I talk with teachers, some of us have that sign or have seen it hanging in our classrooms. The future of the world is in our classroom today. And that is true. You know, there's a conversation that goes around clearly about how teachers, you know, create all other professions and those kinds of things. But more importantly, we're just in the business of creating good people who are ready to go out in the world and tackle those tough issues. We allow them to see the issues of today so that they can fix them for tomorrow. And I think that really is my why. I love my kiddos deeply. You know, I love the relationships that I have with them and have had with them over the years. Um, but what I love even more is seeing after they leave my classroom, what they set about doing in the world. That's such exciting work. Boom, that is the answer. Thank you so much. Amazing. Uh, so can Don, can you walk us through your professional trajectory? I read that before a teacher, you had another uh, life in another profession. Tell us um, how all this built up and to make who you are today. 
Yeah, it's really exciting. Teaching is definitely my second career. Although I will say in my former career, I was in advertising and publishing for many years. If anybody remembers way back in the day, there was this thing called the Yellow Pages. <laughs> I, I, I used to work for a large Yellow Page publishing company. Um, and, you know, that work uh, required me to work with sales reps. I did a lot of training and development, but a lot of writing. I was writing all the time, white papers and marketing materials, leading people in their learning. Um, so I've been doing a lot of the kind of work that is education related much of my life. And even before that, I was um, an English uh, educator in uh, Tokyo, Japan for many years. I was in Japan for quite a few years teaching came back to the US, had this, you know, period in my life where I was, you know, growing into my own family and finding myself as um, an individual contributor to this thing we call society, right? Uh, which ultimately landed me in the classroom. And it has been an exciting journey. I love every part of my journey because every bit of it adds to the work that I do in the classroom every day. You know, having that, uh, what a lot of people refer to as private sector experience, um, really has been important for my students because, you know, I know where their parents are in terms of, you know, their work, the work that they do. Um, I know the work that they have in front of them. Should they be moving into that, you know, what we call private sector work again in the future? But also, you know, I have a lot of students who want to go into education and I can provide them in the classroom with the kinds of tools and knowledge that will help them be successful no matter where it is that they decide to go. So my experience um, has been deep and wide, <laughs> and I'm really, really grateful for it because it has added, um, gosh, uh, a very important layer to the work that I do. That's awesome. Let me ask you a follow-up question. Um, uh, what lessons do you learn teaching in Japan, and what advice would you give to someone who is considering doing them? Oh, gosh, do it. First of all, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I think one of the things that I learned that was most important when I came back, and I remember this clearly um, coming back to the States was, you know, people are people no matter where you go. Um, and while Japanese culture is, you know, vastly different from American culture, um, we all have the same wants and needs, right? We want friends, we want love, connection, we want understanding, we want to grow, we want to be better people. And those that I encountered in Japan, whether it was students, and I taught students at Juku all the way from like itty bitties to, I think my oldest was uh, a grandma <laughs> in her 80s, um, teaching a family at home um, in their spare time, is that, you know, really and truly, uh, people just, want to be their best at whatever it is that they're doing. And um, it was great to be part of that, but also that experience <clears throat> traveling has had an impact um, on me my entire life. The perspective that I gained, um, the desire to grow myself, uh, to continue to travel, to know that there is a whole world out there that um, is yet to be discovered even for me still. I've traveled quite a lot um, in adulthood, but it was just a really amazing experience that I would not take back. And I would encourage anyone to go ahead and seek that opportunity for themselves. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Don, like in Back to the Future, <laughs> if you could go back to any of the positions you have held in your life, what will the dawn of today tell the dawn of yesterday? Oh, goodness. Um, be prepared because it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> Um, I think more than anything, 
it's really about not getting complacent. I would tell yesterday's dawn, don't ever settle in, right? And feel like that you have have um, gotten to that end goal. There's always going to be another goal and that you should be prepared in every way to, to do what it takes to get to the next level. And, you know, when I say next level, it doesn't always mean a higher position, but, um, you know, a lot of times lateral um, shifts are very important to our growth. We've got to move sideways in order to be able to move forward um, and do what you can, Dawn, of yesterday to prepare yourselves for those things. And I think it's really what I've done is just continue to educate myself as as much as I can in as many areas as I can. And that has benefited me greatly. You know, I'm a lifelong learner. I will always be educating myself in some way. Um, and, and I think that's just been important. And I would tell a lot of um, new teachers and have in my work. I've done a lot of work with new teachers as a university professor. And uh, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is our own professional growth journey is extremely important to our success, to our commitment to the work we do, um, and really our desire to stay in it. You know, if we don't understand something, it's a struggle to be um, active and engaged and committed to something. So, you know, our field changes by the minute. Yes. <laughs> and yes. to keep ourselves up to date and abreast on the things that are going on, the trends, the new research is of the utmost important for us to be successful in the classroom. That's a, a, a great point. Let me ask you, um, what advice would you give to an educator who is beginning on staying on top of what is happening, right? Uh, it used to be, um, at least in my book, uh, whatever training the school district will bring, uh, for me, that's how you kept updated. But times have changed. Uh, what advice will you give? Um, well, I think it's really just to know that there's this compliance piece of professional growth, right, that we have to do, whether it's the district says we have to do it, um, or to renew our licensure, we have to have certain, you know, levels of, of advanced education and, and training. But there's also a part of us that, you know, I hope that is in, especially new educators, this desire to learn, right? And finding that part of you um, that desires to learn, what is it that you want to know? Um, because you got to tap into that, right? We have passions too as educators and we need to find where we can take our passions and apply that to the work that we do every day. And then how, how or what um, do we need uh, to get that knowledge, that wisdom, right? We're talking about wisdom here <laughs> that will keep us productive. Uh, it's really important. So know, just know there are things that you're going to be asked to do because you have to because someone says you have to, or the rules say you have to, but there's also a part of your professional growth journey that um, you get to choose. And that's the exciting part. What do you want to become in education? You know, if someone had told me 10 years ago, uh, we're having that conversation, I just mm -hmm. told me 10 years ago, hey, Dawn, you know what? There's so much in education you can do outside the classroom. Um, it's amazing, you know, the conferences, oh, Dr. Martinez, you know, you know, we travel and we visit and connect with educators, like-minded educators. And this network that we have that makes us so much better than we already are um, is, is important, is very important. If we want to be in the classroom, stay in the classroom and be the best version of ourselves for ourselves and our students. Amen. Thank you so much, Dan. And talking about always growing and developing, reading is such a luxury. Um, if you have to give one one uh, fiction book and one nonfiction book to a loved ones. Will 
which one will those be? Oh boy. One nonfiction um, one to a fiction. loved one. Oh goodness. To a loved one. Can it be a loved It could uh, be educator? a loved one, educator. <laughs> it could be any loved one, someone that you like, someone, instead of a book of someone that you're, eh, no, someone you say, <laughs> you know, I read this book and it was so good or it meant so much to me that I'm going to give it to you. Well, you know, I think uh, I'll be honest. I do read a lot of nonfiction, but I'm I'm a nerdy educator, so it's always you know, education books. And I think for me, one of the most impactful books in education that um, I have ever read was by Jim Knight, and that's Unmistakable Impact. And what I love, first of all, Jim Knight is just he's amazing. You know, the contributions that he makes to our field. I mean, it's. I've learned so much from following him and his reading his work, but Unmistakable Impact is a really great book for, you know, aspiring leaders, leaders who are looking to use um, professional growth as the catalyst for change in their organization. You know, what is it as leaders that we're asking um, our staff, our teachers to engage in collectively that is going to make us better? Having those kinds of improvement plans that are built on professional growth um, of our staff and just igniting that passion for learning in educators. I, I think for me, the, one of one of the um, biggest struggles for a lot of educators is, you know, finding themselves in the classroom and finding those things that um, are important to them. And some people may refer to it as passion. Some people may refer to it as branding, whatever. What is it that drives us every day? Um, and finding the learning that supports that. And Jim Knight's book really helps leaders to take educators through that journey, um, no matter what level of, of leader we are, um, and no matter where our educators are. I think uh, the collective growth that he talks about in that book surrounding a solid plan for improvement is really, you know, what he's talking about in that unmistakable impact. So that fiction, nonfiction book for me um, has been, it's a go-to resource. I find myself going there, you know, checking back in with that book quite often. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, that would be my nonfiction book. Um, fiction, I, I just have to say, this is honestly an easy one for me. John Steinbeck is is just, I don't, I, I can't even, I don't even have words for how his writing has impacted me, um, not just as an English language arts teacher, but as a human being. I mean, he speaks to, um, you know, a part of the American experience um, that, uh, it has really opened my eyes to some, some new understandings and his words, you know, he's just so eloquent and his writing, um, just takes you to a different place in time. And I love that, uh, wayward bus is one of my favorites, of course, of mice and men, because come on. <laughs> right. Um, but grapes of wrath is, um, you know, the story is, important um but the way in which he presents that story in writing just is moving so steinbeck all the time, <laughs> all the time. beautiful let me ask you one more follow-up question uh you're a published author uh can you tell us uh what is your book about uh and also what lessons have you learned of actually getting a book published oh goodness yeah i learned a lot of lessons <laughs> Um, my book is Plan Like a Pirate of the Teach Like a Pirate series published under um, Dave Burgess um, books. And it's 
you know, it is a book about lesson planning, but it's not necessarily um, a book that is structured around a rigid frame of, of a lesson plan format or design. While there is some of that in the book, mm-hmm. um, Plan Like a Pirate is really about the um, the act of being intentional with making decisions about what we bring students to. There are a lot of resources and strategies in Plan Like a Pirate um, that you know, I like to say teachers can connect like Lego bricks to create something new every time they put learning together, right? Um, helping students to um, deepen their thinking with big questions and um, and critical thinking uh, topics and using technology with purpose and how do we structure classrooms such that um, it's engaging for every student, but at the same time, the work that we do with students are helping them to be more productive citizens, creating a better world for us to live in. There's a lot of anti-racism education in there. And then there's also um, help for uh, educators who are looking to strengthen um, their their preparation for the evaluation process. You know, we know that every day um, is, is really game day for us in the classroom, that, you know, we're working with students and our performance is important every day, um, but it can be very stressful for educators and for students to be engaged in that process. And so how do we make that as easy as possible for everyone involved? And it really just goes back to what is it that you want to become? And you need to plan for that. Um, you know, as a former project manager, I'm a, I, I'm a planner, like just that's who I am. I plan for everything. And um, the book fo- really follows that structure, almost like a, a Kanban of sorts, you know, under though the the categories of thinking about what you want to be or become or do in the classroom how do you plan for that effectively what's it look like when you're doing that and then what does it feel like to to be that educator who's successful in the classroom and and what are the you know the fruits of our labor so plan like a pirate is yes in a way i've said a manifesto of sorts because it does tell my personal journey um to where i am in education today but more importantly it's one of those things that teachers can pick up and open up to a chapter um, regardless of what they're wanting to focus on on a given day and hopefully find some strategies and resources that will help them to, to accomplish what it is that they um, are striving to um, reach with students in the classroom on a, on a given day or in a given unit or lesson plan. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, in terms of uh, the productivity part, what do you learn about getting your, your book to the end? Um, well, you know, I had a lot of support going in in terms of what to expect, which was really important. Um, you know, Shelly Burgess, she is just an amazing individual and a friend. And, uh, you know, she really kind of helped me to prepare for that process of writing a nonfiction book. Um, you know, I studied hard. I'm, I'm one when I, when I, um, create something, I want to do it to the best of my abilities. And, you know, I think that part, the writing part, um, I enjoy writing. So that wasn't challenging for me. What I had to prepare myself for was the editing piece, but also this is getting myself in the mindset, um, to embrace the editing process. Like mm. I told myself, Dawn, when someone is looking at this book, a professional editor is looking at your book, they are going to give you the feedback that is going to make this the best possible. So I was excited to get to the editing process because the editing process was not just the end of the process, right? But it was the process that was making my book what it was going to become so that those who picked it up to read it 
um, would hopefully enjoy it and gain some uh, um, important information and knowledge from that book. So I was really excited about that process. And, you know, the editors were kind of like, are you sure you're excited about this? Like, are you I'm like, yes, because a lot of people don't want it. They think when they're finished writing the book, you know, that's it. we're going to put right. But I went through, I think maybe three looks at the copy after some editing and um, revision. And uh, it was, Actually, it was exciting. Every time was more exciting than next because you get to see it kind of, you know, just evolve into this thing that it's going to become. And so I think for, for anyone who's considering writing a book, the first thing that you need to do after you develop your structure, right, and gather your ideas for your book is to continually be in the mindset that this is not what it is going to be in the end, that someone is going to give you some extraordinary advice to make your writing even stronger. Don't ever think that, you know, what you, you have written in terms of your first draft is your best draft. We, you know, especially as English teachers, we tell kids all the time, like, <laughs> you know, like, oh no, this is it. I don't need a rough draft. This is the get right. <laughs> um, we know that as published authors, that is not, not uh, the case. So. You are right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Don, uh, you mentioned anti-racism and that you have work in this. In a society and school systems that often say they want equity, but they don't want to pay for it or make policies that, that, that will make things better, why is, import, why is this work important and what should educators know? Yeah, clearly, uh, you know, the work is important because we want every student at school to feel as if they belong in that space, that they're valued, that they're respected, that they're appreciated, that the curriculum is representative of who they are, um, in addition to the peers who are sitting next to them, that it should be a real world experience that opens their eyes to new perspectives, you know, um, those windows and mirrors and glass sliding doors, right? That, that we want to open up for students. That's really important. But if a school is not in a position to, for whatever reason, um, bring their educators to um, these growth journeys in anti-racism education, regardless, it is an individual educator's <clears throat> journey and choice um, to pursue understanding in ways that creates more equitable equitable experiences in the classroom for students. You know, we all are different levels of awareness and understanding. We have different levels of knowledge, but you know, the internet, the library, a friend, they're, they're, you know, right at our fingertips and we are responsible for that. So there is no, um, there's no excuse for when my school isn't focusing on equity or my school isn't focusing on anti-racism education. Okay. Well, that's okay. Because you, you can, right. Uh, there are lots of resources out there to help, um, with that growth. And I would just encourage educators. It should be something that we are engaging with, um, in our, in our own professional development, a piece of it that we, we, um, who are in the classroom and even leading schools know that we can't go without the, the money, piece or the, the, you know, the funding or the organized um, development, training and development for the whole um, staff, it, it's not, it really isn't relevant. This is something that we can do on our own. There are plenty of resources to help with that. Beautiful. Thank you. Great answer. Um, uh, Don, who is or who are your biggest influences? <laughs> well, you know what? I have to say, first and foremost, my family, my husband and my son, they are they are the reason 
I do all that I do, no matter what it is, whether it's in the classroom, things like this, you know, whatever I'm involved in, you know, I, I feel like being, being a good role model, you know, an excellent educator, um, you know, all of those are things that my family has helped me to become, you know, our experience together, the love that we share for one another, the views and perspectives, the things that we talk about at home, our home culture, you know, really filters into all that I do. And I, I really want to be the best version of myself, the best mom, the best wife, the best teacher um, for them. And so that's important. You know, we're really, really close unit um, and they mean the world to me. Uh, but there are some other folks, too, that I'm connected to who are super special to me. I mentioned Shelly Burgess. She has been a tremendous mentor to me. Beth Huff, um, Dave has been awesome, Tara Martin, all of the folks at DBC, Inc. Um, Tisha Richmond is a real friend. Allison Absey, like just so many people have influenced um, the work that I do and to be part of on Saturday mornings, the lead like a pirate PLN, I have connected on a personal level with so many people in that um, group, Miley Salon and um, Vicki Wilson. And I mean, it's just, the list is endless. Like if Vernon Wright has been, oh my goodness, he is just an extraordinary leader and he is continually just filling my mind with, oh my gosh, lots of great stuff to just ponder and think about. So uh, the list is endless. Um, and I feel so grateful to be at this point in my career and in education. You know, Dr. Martinez, we are very blessed to be surrounded by some really amazing people in this field and to be able to learn from them and bring the things that we learn back to our school, back to our students in our classrooms um, is just an amazing thing to be part of. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Absolutely. You know, it, it almost feels that no, no educator can get to the top of that mountain unless they learn from a profession, an extensive professional learning network. Uh, do, do, do you think... Uh, what are ways where we can engage more educators in engaging more? Because at least what I have seen, right, that um, uh, we are all connected, but it's not like there's like 30 people coming from your district in the same network and 40 from mine. It seems it seems like, like we are like a, a couple of needles in haze getting together. How do we expand this to get more people involved in the actual conversations that is that are going to improve our own practices? Yeah, that's a great question. I think about that often, um, honestly. And here's, here's what I have noticed is this. There are a lot of educators practicing every single day who have no idea about the power of the PLN, right? They just don't understand that one, that it may, might even exist, two, where to get connected or how, um, you know, social media has been a big part of that for, I know myself, you, Dr. Martinez, many for of us sure. who are connected because we're in very different parts of the, the country and even the world. Um, so there are some that do not know um, about this magical world <laughs> that we live in. But what I've noticed is that <clears throat> many of the, the schools 
that I have worked with or had um, the pleasure of connecting with their leaders um, that are most successful, those schools that are the most successful, their leaders are connected people, right? And they have passed that um, on to their staff, that they understand the, um, the, the power that is in connecting with other um, educators and growing ourselves professionally. Um, to have a connected leader in a building who is sharing out the amazing things that are being done inside of their building and encouraging their staff to do the same um, are the best schools. They want to share what they have. And I think it is important for school leaders to be connected, to be um, involved with other leaders who are uh, making an impact, um, to be engaged in their own professional growth and sharing that journey, to just model what it looks like to be involved with a group of people whose impact is exponential. And that's what we're doing as connected educators and leaders is, you know, we're working on a collective impact from, if we just talk about in the United States, from one end of the country to the other, there are many of us who are connected, you know, this, this kind of web of educators and they're, you know, there are people in between those connections um, who don't even know yet that those those connections are there. And so the more people that, the more leaders we can get involved in connecting with one another and sharing out the successes of their schools, the more educators become connected. And, you know, I just think, could you imagine if like every educator in the country, you know, was connected to some other group of educators, the power that, that we really would um, would be on display in schools and, and how much school would change. Uh, so for me, it's just about awareness and knowledge and leaders, you know, kind of sharing that um, importance of connection with their staff. Beautiful. Great answer. Thank you so much. Uh, Don, how do you deal? How do you address imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness it's real isn't it <laughs> so real oh my god like, just the fact that i'm here with you is like nah that cannot be true I'm, wake up wake up wake up <laughs> so how do you address it well you know it's so hard because there are some days where i'm just like what am i what is this what am i doing did i like it was particularly with my writing you know writing oh man it is a struggle sometimes to look at your thoughts on paper and think to yourself, uh, you know, <laughs> is this right? Should I be sharing this? How will this be received? You know, there's just a lot as, as educators and you know, we, we have to be very aware of who we're talking to and how, and, um, people listen, right? People are listening to your show, Dr. Martinez. They hear you, they hear me. I know you had Katie and Livia on before and, you know, all just exceptional, wonderful people that you're engaging with. And we all have a message that we're putting out there to the world and people hear it. And so we want to make sure that it's right. And thinking about that question and imposter syndrome, for me, I think, think to myself, you know, this is my lived experience. This is the knowledge I have gained the studies that I have done, the interactions that I have had, and I have to look to myself to have the confidence to put down my experience, right? I can support it. I can back it up. Um, and as long as I have that kind of knowledge and understanding 
that this is my experience. Someone can take it and go with it or leave it and not, it's of no concern to them. Uh, that's what I have to keep thinking about. And, and likewise, if I find myself in a situation where someone has reached out to me for something, I, I think simply that, Dawn, they've come to you and asked you for something. So clearly there's something there that, you know, they want to tap into. So just give that. And that's the best that you can do. It's really hard, though, because we know we all have that little devil sitting on our shoulder that's saying to us constantly, it's not good enough. It's not right. Don't do that. <laughs> like that second guessing that we all do. But we, we really and truly have to take a step back and think about what is the situation? What am I being asked to do? Or what, I'm, what am I inviting myself to do and why? And realize, in fact, I just saw someone had tweeted out the other day that they had gotten um, a, a poor review or a poor comment on a piece of writing that they had published. And um, it, we have to know that what we write is not for everyone. And as consumers, we also have to really take the time that if we see uh, someone make a comment about, you know, whatever it is someone has written, created, published, like what was the context of those comments or those reviews or whatever. So we have a responsibility too as consumers um, to make sure that we're, we're really investigating if we have an interest in something, um, is it really for us what this person is talking about? And, you know, whatever the response is to that, do I need to figure that out on my own? Um, you know, we have a right to go with whatever it is that we feel about a particular mm -hmm. um, piece of work, but you know, what is the context and, and what are we also sharing in the world about the work that other people do? Beautiful, uplifting answer. Thank you. So being successful, as you know, includes being on top of our productivity, but this <laughs> means different things for different people. How do you get organized in a way that you can do all these things and still have a fructiferous life? Oh, goodness. That has been a journey itself. <laughs> Dr. Martinez, I'll tell you, figuring out how to manage um, the work I do outside of the classroom with the work I do inside the classroom and still have time for family and relaxation and all of that. Um, we all know when we're doing work outside the classroom, it's it's an entirely different um kind of set of, of expectations and rules and guidelines and so forth. And, and managing that independent work um, is a process. But for me, um, you know, you know, I wrote plan like a pirate. I'm a planner. I have to plan everything. And I do use um, the Kanban process, uh, you know, again, following my book, um, think it, plan it, do it, be it. And you can't see it, but it's right over here. <laughs> my so wall. can you explain what is a Kanban uh, uh, style? So, um, it's just a Japanese productivity kind of, um, uh, process, um, way of organizing workflow. And so, um, it's, uh, like to do, doing it done kind of process. And, you know, I've modified that. I've used it for many years for project management, you know, way back before I was in education, but, um, you know, there's a lot of project management in education, whether you're, you're just doing classroom teaching or not, you know, mm -hmm. designing a unit and facilitating that, um, is the process. It is a project. And so I have, um, kind of developed for myself this way of, all right, what am I thinking about right now? What are the projects that I want to work on or that I need to develop? And then what is the plan? Am I in the planning phase? Where am I just kind of moving myself along that process? Um, I, if I'm doing it, like what are the things that I'm actively doing to bring that goal or that plan to 
um, fruition. And then also reflection, that be it part that is part of uh, my process is taking time to reflect on how was it? What was the experience like? Did I grow from it? Um, so th that's the, the workflow piece, but I, and it helps because I'm a very visual learner. Like I have to see things. If I don't have it on a to-do list, <laughs> <laughs> it is not getting done. Mm. And, and I, I get very, you know, I, I mean, this is, you know, being a little vulnerable here. I get a lot of anxiety if I can't see what needs to be done. You know, all these things are swirling around my head and I don't always have the ability to like compartmentalize those in my mind. I have to get them down somewhere and I have to see it. I have to be able to walk into a room. You know, I'm still old school. I'll be honest. I use a hard copy planner. I, I kind of work in reverse. I write it down on a planner, then go put it on my digital calendar. That's just, you know, uh, part of my process. Um, and, and, you know, you can't even ask me about email. We, we can't even go there. Cause <laughs> it's, it's I, mean, I mean, I just need help. Like, I think I need, uh, to hire. Somebody. And you know what? Some it's people bad. that works for some people, you know, and, and, and navigating and searching for the email. So, like, in terms of your calendar, uh, how does it work? Um, I'm, I'm assuming uh, that you have more than one calendar, maybe <laughs> a family calendar, maybe a work calendar, a PD, a book. Like, tell us about your calendar uh, uh, life. How do you manage it? Uh, you yeah, might think well, you might think it's not perfect, but believe me, this will <laughs> help people that are, like, figuring out, hey, how do I do this? Yeah, I definitely – I actually have um, – I do just have one planner, um, but I keep inside of that planner um, a lot of different calendars. Mm. So I, you know, uh, I, I have my school calendar that has all of the dates, the important dates for the school year on there. And I'll record those um, monthly. I try to go in monthly and update um, my handwritten calendar. And then anything like our meeting today that is a, an online or virtual event, I go ahead and put into um, my online calendar, but I feel it's easier for me. I don't, um, use my phone a lot for productivity, um, mostly, you know, social media, that kind of thing. But, um, I, I find just having a hard copy calendar with me is most, um, beneficial. And then going back and entering that information into my digital calendar, um, wherever I need to, but I do try to update, go in at least at the beginning of the month, make sure I have everything in place. And then add to that um, as events pop up through the month and they do, you know, things pop up all the time uh, and I just get those where they need to be. So it's not, I don't know, a real straightforward process. I find myself checking in a lot. I, don't have, I honestly don't have a great memory. That's why I have to make Me sure neither. I'm looking at least a yep. few times a week, where am I supposed to be and with who and, and whatnot. So Absolutely. that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm actually working on, uh, right now, it's really exciting. I'm working on a plan like a pirate planner. So Ooh. I'm super excited about Ooh. that. I've been working on it for a while and it's coming together quite well. Um, it's going to have um, my uh, Kanban in there. It's going to have a weekly calendar, um, all sorts of um, like goal setting um, templates and strategies for tracking our progress towards our goals. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. That's it's, awesome. It's, been something that's been on my mind for a while and so i've been working on that 
And you're going to solve the... a big problem that is supporting <laughs> educators, getting organized and getting things done. That's awesome. Yeah, and, yes. And it's more, it's, it's not a lesson planner planner. It's a, okay, I've got, this is my week. Um, let me lay it out here. So it's kind of the format that I follow for the week with a few other things in there that will just kind of help educators get focused and, and motivated or anybody, not even really educators, whoever needs a good weekly planner. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Um, that's in the works and we'll see. I don't know. Be coming out Beautiful. soon, I hope. <laughs> any any other uh, interests that you may have that um, the people that know Don Harris, the educator, might not know? Um, well, I don't know. You can maybe kind of see in the background back there. I am a miniaturist. I, mm. when I have a little itty bitty bit of time, I make little itty bitty things. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you're friends um, with me on Facebook, you'll see sometimes I post some of my work there. Um, I love creating miniatures, um, rooms, houses, just things uh, that are really, really tiny. Uh, and it's kind of, I, I think it's really my escape. You know, when I'm working in miniature, it's, uh, my mind is completely focused on that and that alone. So when I need a moment to uh, uh, to reset or a break. Um, that is my self-care. You know, I, my husband and I exercise regularly together. That's one of the things that we really enjoy doing. Um, but this, this piece working with my hands to create is, oh, it's just, it's such a, a, a release and just a moment to just escape um, reality. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about exercise? Anything uh, that you advise? Because as we know, it's super important, but we never talk about it. Yeah. Um, we walk, you know, walking for us is just, it's a, it's great time together. We get to debrief from our day, what was going on. You know, we get our heart pumping and, you know, <laughs> we're getting older, so we need to keep our joints loose, right? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun to do that. And it was a process getting started. And, you know, we've, we've been working our way um, up to more miles a day. And it's, I think for me, it was finding the right kind of exercise. There's so many different kinds of exercise that folks can do. Um, my husband and I, we have been in martial arts for many years. We're martial artists. We have our whole family, we have black belts and mm -hmm. judo and taekwondo and kikido. And, um, you know, we've been active that way for many, many years. Um, but our son is older now and, you know, we're in, you know, a different period in our lives. And so we've just found that for us, um, getting those walks in, those brisk walks and being able to talk and laugh and, you know, just enjoy that time together. So finding exercise that is, brings you joy. Um, if you can find, if you're someone who likes to exercise with someone, find that perfect partner for you to exercise with. Um, but do it because it really does make a difference um, in your life in terms of how you feel, um, mentally, physically, uh, it's, it's important. And it, it's been an up and down for me. I've had times where I didn't exercise and times where I have exercised a lot. And so I'm trying to just get into at this point in my life, a steady kind of, um, commitment to some daily activity. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, mm -hmm. Don, this has been such a great conversation. <laughs> Any last thoughts for the listeners of the show? 
Uh, you know what, Dr. Martinez, I just, I just want to say thank you, one, for having me. I'm really grateful to be here. I love the work that you're doing. And for any educator, you know, for those who are listening, who are regular listeners, it, you know, we all know the importance of being connected and um, finding our people in this um, amazing and vast field that is, that is education, our profession. But if someone new is listening, um, goodness gracious, definitely reach out to me. I'm sure Dr. Martinez would love for you to reach out to him too, <laughs> but um, just reach out and let's connect and let's grow together and, and, and just become together part of this great thing that we're doing um, so that our, our students will all benefit from that. I'm just super excited about the future of education. I think there's just so much that we have yet to see um, in this field. I think that's what makes our profession the most exciting profession yes. is that we get to see change happen right before our eyes and we get to be part of it. We are the change makers in the classroom. Amen. So that's really exciting. So connect, Amen. reach out to me. I am happy um, to talk with you and help in any way that I can. New educators, veteran educators, reach out. And that is true because I saw her in the conferences embracing it, like like anonymous people like me and other people there. So I, I really appreciate uh, how humble you are and uh, you uh, perspire wisdom and productivity. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Epaim Martinez. Chulu. And I love that production. Chulu out.